Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Patriots Report. I'm Christopher Bryce of the Boston Globe. Today my co-host Chris Hogan and I break down the season opener against the Eagles and share what we liked and what we didn't like about the game. Chris talks about what it's like in the meeting rooms at Gillette a day after a loss and offers some thoughts about the state of the wide receiver position in New England. We wrap up with some listener mail and a quick look ahead to next week against the Dolphins. That's all up right now here on the Patriots Report. All right, Chris, let's start here. New England loses 25-20, the regular season opener, in a game that felt kind of winnable. I'll tell you a story. Heading from the press box to the locker room after the game, all the New England writers were sitting there going, oh, well, you know, that wasn't that bad. thought they played well, you know, kind of a moral victory kind of a thing. And all the Philadelphia writers were going, oh, this isn't good. Oh, you know, not a good start for this team. You know, a win's a win. Where do you come down on the idea of – a moral victory for the Patriots because it's, it's been that that hasn't been something that's been in new England's vocabulary for the longest time. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't believe in moral victories. I think in the NFL there's wins and there's losses, right? I think this game boiled down to what we talked about last week was minimizing the mistakes, not turning the ball over because at the end of the day, new England played a good game. You know, I thought after, you know, after they got, over the initial first quarter, you know, we had the fumble, we had the, the interception return for a touchdown. It seemed like they controlled the game from there on. You know, I think there's, you know, we can get into a couple of the different things that I think happened throughout the game, but, you know, I think you look back on that game, it's like, well, you know, we probably should have won that game, that football game. We put ourselves in good situations. I think there are, there's some gotta have it situations that obviously, you know, didn't go the way that New England wanted it to go um at crucial points in the game um so again you know moral victories in the nfl you know i think you can i I think you can learn from losses i think you can learn from wins i think there's a lot to learn from you know who this team is and where they want to go defensively offensively um you know but i think at the end of the day i you know it was the mistakes that hurt them early on in the football game um you know and just not really capitalizing in some crucial moments during the game those gotta have it moments that you just referenced. I, I want to get into a, a couple of them. And, and Bill talked about it this morning. We're recording on Monday morning, uh, ten o'clock. And Bill, in his conference call with the media and his radio appearance this morning, talked about going forward on fourth down. The yeah. two different times they went forward on fourth down late in the game, and he said fourth and three down by eight. I don't have any regrets on that one. Fourth and seventeen after after the delay. That was tough. And I tend to agree with him on both of those instances. I I, I want to get your take, though, first. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I played for him long enough that I know not really to question him. It seems the fourth and the first fourth and eight, you know, that they went and they got, you know, they got it. Um, you know, I thought that was that was a risky move. Um, but again, he probably felt like they had a good play for fourth and eight and they felt like they probably can convert. Um I believe it was uh, Henry that made, you know, he made a spectacular catch, um, you know, to convert on that. Um, you know, it's tough. I mean, it's like, what ifs, right? I mean, if they don't go for it, they kick a field goal and then they kick another field goal and the game might be a little bit different coming down to, you know, the last quarter of the game. But, you know, again, those are situations that, you know, the team's going to learn from, Bill's going to learn from, 
Um, you know, maybe he does it differently in, in, in you know, in the next game that they play. Um, but again, you're going for it on fourth down. You obviously have faith in your quarterback. You obviously have faith in your offense. So I think that as from an offensive perspective, you know, if your head coach is saying, let's go for it, you know, I'm, they ha- he has a certain amount of trust. He has a certain amount of confidence in his offense that he, be- he believed that they were going to get that. So, I mean, listen, it's game one of the regular season, right? You know, we're going to, there are going to be some mistakes. There's going to be some, a lot of ebb and flow in, the, in these games. And I think that they managed, you know, those, those waves pretty well. Um, you know, it started off not great, right? That could have gotten a lot worse, you know, given the weather, everything that was going on, um, you know, defending that, you know, defending champion or, you know, runner up coming up into, into the, you know, into Foxborough going up early into that game that could have gotten out of hand really quickly, but they, you know, they battled. And, you know, at the end of the day, they were in it, to, you know, into in four quarters. Big thing for me on the defensive side of the ball, and I'd be curious to get your opinion on this, was the fact that they held the highest mm-hmm. scoring team in the National Football League last year to one offensive touchdown. While yeah. the complementary football in the early going wasn't great with the two giveaways, I can't fault the defense for what yeah. happened on Sunday at all. Nah, I thought they played awesome. I mean, they, that just, you know, that's Patriots defense, right? I mean, it's, they minimized, you know, I think they gave up a couple of big plays to A.J. Brown, you know, later in the game. Um, but, you know, they really, they took away DeMonta. Um, they really minimized Jalen Hurts running the football, uh, throwing the football. You know, they came up with that huge fumble recovery. Um, you know, so, deep, I mean, to be honest, you know, you look back on the defensive side of the game, they – they didn't really give up much. You know, they got put into, you know, they had the pick six, you know, that wasn't on the defense and, you know, the fumble in the red zone. So like, you know, and they had a scoring opportunity. So, you know, other than that, the defensive defense played fantastic. Um, you know, rookie came up with a huge stop on fourth down, um, almost came up with a pick, you know, on one of the, on arguably one of the better receivers, you know, in the game, you know, that's a gotta have it situation where a kid stepped up pretty big. Um, so I thought defense played really well. And I think, you know, offensively, I think there's a lot to learn from this. I mean, I think there's, you know, I thought Mac, you know, I thought he distributed the ball well. I mean, I thought the play calling was good. You know, they got off to a little bit of a slow start, you know, had the fumble. Obviously, that's going to be talked about today in the PR, you know, on Monday in the meeting rooms. Had the pick six, you know, that's going to be, uh, you know, be played over and over. Um you know, and there's some other things, you know, that really didn't go their way. But, you know, at the end of the day, I thought I thought they moved the ball well. Um, you know, we had a couple drops, you know, like some things, you know. One thing I would say to, you know, the young receiver that, you know, didn't get his feet in is you learn, mm-hmm. right? These are things that you're like, yeah, we practice this all the time. And as receivers, you practice getting your feet in bounds. But, like, I guarantee you that next time he's on he's on the sidelines and has you know trying to make that catch, he's going to come up with it and get his feet down. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you know, I read some things this morning that you know he was one of the last guys in the locker room, you know, with his jersey on, and I'm sure that he felt pretty terrible about it. And you know what? I love that, right? Because mm-hmm. he cares, and that that game and playing for this organization means a lot to him. So like that meant something to me when I read that. But dude, by no means should that kid have his head down. You know, that's. You know, those are tough situations and, and it's in gotta have situations. And, uh, you know, I guarantee next time the ball comes to him on the sideline, you know, he'll get two, three, four feet in before, <laughs> you know, before he makes that catch. Piggybacking off that a little bit, I, I'm curious in your opinion, 
what wasn't working for the offense in the early going? It seemed like they were struggling a little bit. Was it as simple as just those two turnovers and kind of being a little sluggish out of the gate? Or was there something more that you saw? when Because they fundamentally, probably, let's say, midway through the second quarter, it looked, they f- looked like they flipped a switch. And all of a sudden, totally. you know, they, they had the two really nice touchdown drives at the end of the half, yeah. and they started to kind of roll a little bit. And that was in contrast to the the struggles out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about it last week, right? It's like game one, you know, you got the Jets flying over, you got Tom Brady in the stands, you got Top Gun playing, you got the foghorn blowing. You know, this it's one of those things that you just had to manage, and it was unfortunate, right? You had, you know, the pick six was, you know, a tip ball that ended up right in the hands of Slay. And then, you know, the fumble, you know, that's something that, you know, Zeke's probably going to go back, and he's, you know, again, like – you know, that's just ball security, right? I mean, you guys, we practice that every single day, you know, over and over and over, and it happens. You know, a guy makes a good play, knocks it out. Oh, you know, let's move on. And I think that kind of – that that hurt them early on in the game was trying to get that momentum, trying to get that, you know, putting a drive together. You know, it was kind of like put a couple good plays, turnover. But another turnover. So I think that hurt them. Um but again, you know, I think having Billy O, you know, calm plays is huge. I think he was able to manage that really, really well. Um, you know, put his offense back out there, put together a couple of good drives, and going into halftime, you know, if if you didn't watch the first quarter of the game, you would have thought that New England was controlling this game pretty well, and they probably were winning. But you know, it's it's one of those things. I mean. Don't take anything away from Philadelphia. They're a good football team. Um, they obviously need to play better, and, and I'm sure they're going to be saying the same thing in their meeting rooms today. But um, you know, at the end of the game, we were in, you know we were in it. You know, in the fourth quarter, we had chances to to come back and win the football game, and that's you know that's what you always want when you're playing on Sunday. It just underscored for me the how slim the margin for error is when you're playing yeah. a truly great team like the Eagles. And, and a lot of times you guys were the ones who were on the other side benefiting from an ill-timed penalty or a, a turnover at the worst possible moment or a, a young wide receiver not being able to get his feet down at the most important time. That just the margin between a win and a loss in the National Football League, especially when you're talking about a team like Philadelphia, is just so slim. So small. It's so small. Winning in the NFL is hard. Every single week. I don't care who you're playing, it's a grind, right? I mean, most teams, especially New England, you know, when we were playing, when I was there, you know, with Tom in the quarterback, you know, Jules, Danny, Gronk, all these guys, Devin McCourty, you know, Slater, you know, everyone was coming into New England. It was their Super Bowl. So you were going to get their best. And week one of the regular season in New England, in Foxborough, knowing that Tom's coming back, you don't think that, th- that Philly was talking about that? Like, you don't think that they were ready for what was going on, like the, the environment, regardless of the weather, right? Everyone's going to plan for bad weather coming up to in, in Foxborough. It's never going to be uh, sunshine and rainbows here. You know, you rarely get a nice day. Um, you know, they, they, they were ready for that, you know? And I think, um, you know, you just, every single week, you have to prepare for the, the team that you're playing. They're going to give you their best. And little mistakes, turnovers, um, you know, mental errors, all that stuff goes into all these games. And, you know, a lot of these games go down to four quarters of football. And, you know, I think it's the team that's able to put those quarters together, that's able to play complimentary football, 
for all four quarters, not for three, not for two, the one that's able to do it all four quarters, you know, those are the teams that are going to be able to come out. They're going to be able to win football games and they're going to continue on after the regular season. One of the things that the guys told me in the locker room after the game was Juwan Bentley delivered a really scathing speech on Friday, really taking them to task for a sluggish practice and saying, look, we're better than this. We're a better team than this. You know, let, let's, let's pick it up a little bit. Did you ever have a guy? And I imagine probably Tom, maybe once or twice, you know, was, was one of those guys who kind of kicked you in the ass a little bit. You know, there's, there's a slow practice. There's some drops. There's some penalties. It's just some sloppy football. <laughs> was there ever a guy who, who kind of stopped things, not a coach, but a player who would stop things and say, come on guys, we're better than this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tom always had high expectations. So, like, if you had a drop or a mental error in practice, he was going to let you know about it. Um, and so, same thing with Josh, right? When Josh McDaniels was, you know, our offensive coordinator, the expectation level was so high. Um, at this point in the season, I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting to me that, you know, I mean, maybe it was a long training camp, guys were tired, you know, whatever. They were having a sluggish practice. I mean, that's – you know, that's on the leadership to, to kick guys, you know, in the ass, right, and get them going. You know, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, I love that he was able to step up and do that. I think, you know, hopefully that resonated with the guys. I mean, I I do recall a couple of times, um, you know, specifically, you know, in, you know, 20, in, in 2016, my, you know, my first year there, you know, we had a couple of games, you know, Tom had just come back, um, you know, we went, you know, we lost to Seattle, you know, on Monday Night Football, um, didn't play great. You know, obviously, you know, in our, you know, it was like the first time we had lost at home in a long time. And, you know, it wasn't a, it's not a state of the union. Things are, you know, everything's off the rails. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's play Patriot football, right? This is what we practice. We are good football players. You know, we do this every single day we go over the script we go over the plays like everyone knows what they're doing just go out there and play ball right have fun do your job you know and rely on your teammates right and hold them accountable you know it's more of an accountability thing mm -hmm. right it's if one person's not doing their job on offense play go, you know play goes doesn't go well right mm -hmm. Um, you can't rely on one person to to do everything for you. And I think that was was so great about the teams that I was on, you know, when, when I played there. It, was, it wasn't about one guy. You know, it was always about all 11 guys doing their job, you know, and all relying on each other, knowing that the guy next to them, the guy across the field, the guy on the sideline, the coaches, everything, everyone knew what was going on, right? And everyone knew what was supposed to happen. So I think that was a big part of it. So I think – you know, if anything, I think it was, you know, Juwan was really harping on the accountability and trying to get guys to step up. You know, you know, obviously you need the energy and you need that going into these types of games, especially week one of the regular season. Um, there are so many distractions. Mm -hmm. Tom coming back. Um, everyone, you know, Billy O, you know, everyone wondering what this Patriots team is going to be like, you know, and, and the, obviously the expectations are always so high, right? But you know, at the end of the day, you you have a job to do, and that's like try to win football games. So, um, you know, I love that. I mean, you know, a guy that's been there now for a few years, stepping up, trying to get the get the team going. Hopefully, that resonated with them, and I hope they learned from this. I hope that you know they saw that they did some really good things in this game. You know, and they just carry that on it. You know, to Miami. So, from a logistical perspective, walk me through 
what today looks like. There were people who were asking Bill this morning about, oh, well, you know, what does Miami look like? What kind of challenges do they bring? He mentioned that, look, we're going to wrap up Philadelphia today. So from a, a player's perspective, a coach's perspective, and maybe not just in the, the wide receivers room, but in the, you know, in the meeting room in general, what does that look like? There's film study. How long does that usually take? Walk me through the process a little bit. Yeah. So Mondays after a loss are never fun because <laughs> you know that it's, I mean, Monday, Mondays after a win sometimes cannot be fun because really we're not going to, har- we're going to, We'll harp on some of the really good things that guys did throughout the game that got us to a point where we won. But we're also like, it's more important to correct the mistakes so that they don't happen again. And then a loss, we're going to harp on on the stuff that caused us to lose the game. So Monday, guys come in, they get their workout in. Um, you know, maybe they watch you know the film on their own. Um, you know, they get the treatment that they need to get, and then you know it starts with Bill's meeting, right? And Bill is pretty much going to go over pretty much what went wrong, what went wrong in this game. Um, he'll highlight some things. Some things are not going to be great for some guys. You know, he's going to highlight the fumble. He's going to highlight the pick six. Um, he's going to highlight any of the penalties that, you know, that we had on offense or on defense. Um, and he's going to say like, Hey, like this is, this is it, right? If we turn the ball over, you know, we're putting ourselves in a tough spot to win football games. You know, if we commit penalties, we can't commit and, you know, got to have situations we're not going to win football games. And, you know, he's going to correct that. He's going to go over a couple of, you know, key, you know, plays throughout the game. And then you're going to go into your offense. You're going to watch again. You're going to watch some, you know, a couple of drives that ended great. And you're going to say, this is what we did well. This is what we can improve on. You're going to watch the drives that didn't end well and be like, this is why, this is why this happened. And then you go into your position rooms and you continue to watch the whole game really from a position specific point of view. Um, and you just try to, you know, you try to correct all the mistakes that you had and then you move on, right? Short-term memory in this league, mm-hmm. you know, this game's over. Let's correct the mistakes, but we got another opponent that we got to get ready for next Sunday. So we're not going to, we're not going to dwell on this. We're going to correct, we're going to correct the mistakes. It's week one of the regular season. You know, we're going to go into now we're playing Miami big game team in our conference, you know, this is, this is the big game, right? And so now let's let's move on to Miami a little bit after we correct all the mistakes and, you know, come to practice on Wednesday, ready to get rolling. I know that the clicker will, will come out over and over again where he'll, he'll run a playback that didn't work well and it'll be over and over and oh, over yeah. again. Guys have talked about one of those moments that they dread. I, I'm curious, is there ever a mea culpa from Bill? In those in in those meetings where he's like, you know what, I didn't call the right play, I didn't put you guys in the right situation. After games like that, he will often, and he said it a couple of times this morning. He'll say, "Look, we just got to play better, we got to coach better, we got to do everything better." In those meeting rooms, is there ever a, a, a situation where Bill has come to you guys and said, "Look, I didn't do my job in that particular instance"? Yeah, I mean, Bill of of anybody is going to accept accountability, right? And if he believes that. You know the coaches didn't coach well enough, and, and in a loss, he's always going to put he's always going to put responsibility on his coaching staff and on himself. Like we didn't coach ball security enough, we didn't do this enough, like we didn't practice this enough, and and he's going to do that. But you know, at the end of the day, it's on it's on us as players to go out there and perform, 
right? So he can accept, he can accept as much accountability as he wants. Um, but at the end of the day, we're the ones that are going out there and performing and playing. So, you know, as players, you know, you, you can appreciate your head coach taking some responsibility for some things that maybe went on during the course of the football game. But at the end of the day, he's not out there playing. He's not block. He's not blocking. He's not throwing. He's not calling. You know, not calling some of these plays. So, you know, I think really from a player point of view, it's it's great that your head coach is there, and you know, he'll take he'll try to take some of the blame, you know, on himself, and he'll put that on himself gladly to coach harder, coach better, get his coaching staff more prepared. Um, and I guarantee he's going to do that going into this game. I I would be baffled if ball security was not the first thing that they did on Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon, whenever they're going out to practice, you know, and that's going to be something that they're going to harp on and they're going to harp on, you know, for the receivers getting two feet in, you know, they're going to harp on catching on the sideline, all these things, just, you know, catching and trapping, you know, all of these things he's going to harp on. These are things that he goes on. He saw some mistakes. Let's fix it. And so, um, you know, again, like, He's going to learn from this game just as much as the players are going to learn from it. All right. I put out a call on Twitter this morning. You probably saw it. I wanted to get a few questions for you for listeners. And the first one came from my guy, Damian Sharkey. You should know this about Damian Sharkey from New Zealand. This is the this is a guy who came from halfway around the world to see yesterday's ball game. One of the biggest Patriot fans that I know of. He said He asks, what did you see yesterday? that gives you hope for this team potentially making the playoffs and what personnel moves are actually feasible enough to get there? I mean, I thought the way that they, the way that they battled throughout the entire game, you know, that's, that's the sign of a team that's got the makings of, of going far, you know, in this season, that's able to minimize the damage you know, not get so completely rattled that they went down early in this football game. And, you know, defense, they held their own. Offense, they held their own throughout the game. You know, there was a couple of times in the games like, yeah, sure, we gave up some, you know, some big chunk plays to A.J. Brown, you know, late in the game that, you know, that was that hurt us a little bit. But, like, you know, when you look back on this football game, you know, New England, after the first quarter, you know, we controlled that ball. You know, we moved the ball up and down the field. Mac made some good throws. You know, we had some, you know, some some mistakes and we had some, you know, a couple of drops here and there. And yeah, we didn't go, we didn't get it on fourth down. But these are all things that, you know, there's a lot of confidence, obviously, in your offense. I thought Mac played really well in crappy weather. You know, that's also something that went into this. You know, they were able to move the ball in pouring rain. Um, and that's not going to be the case every, you know, every single weekend. So, you know, I thought given the circumstances, given everything that, you know, the, the whole, the whole game, um, you know, I have, I, you know, I have a lot of, I'm, I'm not even going to call it hope because I think this is a good football team. Um, and I think they have some guys on this team. I think they're going to continue to get better throughout the year, you know, really establish who they are as, as the offense, as the defense. Um, and, you know, I think they're just going to, they're going to learn from this. They're going to move on. You know, and they're going to give Miami the best. All right, Casey Durfee, who's a longtime podcast listener, says, after watching yesterday, he asks, are there any glaring needs that you think this team needs to address moving forward, whether it's a trade, free agency down the road? Is there a particular position where you say, you know what, they could probably use a, a change-up in personnel or a little bit more depth? No, I don't think so. 
I mean, Bill, Bill, that's not that's not the way that Bill operates. You know, he goes into a season with the guys that he has. Um, obviously, there are, you know, injuries, you know, stuff like that. That'll happen. He can add some guys. Um, but I thought everyone contributed yesterday, you know, from on the offensive side of the ball, running backs, tight ends, receivers. Again, I think it's you have some new faces, you know, on that team, you know, first time playing four quarters of football together. I think that that you have a lot of faith in, in what you got. I thought your de- your defense played a really good four quarters of football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they again they held one of the best offenses in the league last year to you know not that many yards. I, I'm not even sure how many yards Jalen ended so up. The with, one touchdown, the one offensive. That's what I keep coming back to, man. The one offensive yeah. touchdown. Yeah, exactly. And on so a short like, field. If you're if you're looking at the defensive side of the ball. You know, you're you're happy with the way that your defense played. Um, and that was always something that we always had in New England. Our defense was always very, very good, always very sound, you know, coached very well. Um, you know, and they're gonna learn from some different things too, and they're gonna figure out how to do some things better, you know, what you know, whatever they're gonna call in certain situations that are gonna work better for them. But you know, first round, you know, the first round pick, Chris, I mean, he played great. You know, he came up with the sack. You know, he led the team in tackles. You know, almost came up with that pick on you know on the big fourth down play. But again, he was going against one of the better receivers in the league, and he stopped them. You know, that's the stuff. That's the stuff that you look for, um, and those are the things to build off of, right? You build off of the the good drives that New England put together, the throws that Mac made in the red zone. Um, you know, some of these things. You know, drops are going to happen, mistakes are going to happen. But like, if you're able to minimize those, move on from those, and then forget about the mistakes and move on and make the, make the play the next play. You know, that's what you look for. And I thought New England did a really good job of that. And I, again, you know, they came, it was a four quarter game came down to the lot, you know, really to the, you know, the last couple of minutes of the game. And, you know, those are the games that you want to be in. All right. Last question from a listener. And he kind of asks one thing that we've talked about a little bit here about the wide receiver position. This is a question from a guy named Sterling Pingree. Uh, what is the biggest <laughs> challenge not only facing not only facing rookies like Keyshawn and, and Pop Douglas, but also a new wide receiver like Juju Smith-Schuster? We talked a little bit about that um, a, a couple of weeks ago. So I, I want to kind of put a little bit of a spin on that question a little bit. So uh, kind of take it in a little bit of a different direction. Um, the two rookies played a lot in the second half last night. Uh, you, yeah. We saw Keyshawn Boutte... Pop Douglas, major contributors late in yeah. that ball game. Juju Smith-Schuster didn't play all that much down the stretch. As a wide receiver, I don't want to say is there cause for concern there, but maybe it was a matchup thing. What did you see maybe as a wide receiver from those three guys specifically, Juju, Kayshawn, and Pop Douglas, that maybe stood out for you in, in their first game in New England? They are able to get open. Right. They were there. They were able to make some plays down the field. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, Butte had some, you know, miscues on the sideline where he didn't get the feet down, but I look at it like he was open. Mm-hmm. Right. He made the catch. He just didn't complete it. Um, you know, those are as rookies um, stepping up in the first game of every season, obviously expectations. Bill doesn't care who you are. You know, that, I think that was like the, the most glaring thing to me. It was like, it doesn't, it does not matter undrafted, drafted, first year, 10th year. He doesn't care, right? Because he knows that they're going to get – the coaching staff's going to get you ready to play. It's on you to go out there and perform. So if he if he 
putting those guys out there and he's putting those rookies out there, then he had he had faith in those guys. He had trusted those guys that they were going to be able to go out there and make the plays. And and they probably showed that during training camp. They showed that in the preseason. And, you know, now it's carrying over in the regular season. And as for young kids, you know, being in in those types of situations and those football games and those got to have it like, okay, we got to make a play. They're going to learn from that. Right. I don't think there's any thing that you can take away that was bad about those those kids playing. They're going to watch the film. They're going to get better from it. And I, I can just see them getting better and better, you know, as the as the season goes on. And, you know, who knows? Those guys could be the go-to guys, right, that you that you are going to look to to make plays. I mean, Kendrick, you know, Bourne made some big plays. You know, those that's a guy that you're going to look to to make plays. I think Juju is new to the organization. He's new to the team. He's new to the offense. I can see his role increasing as the season goes on. And they kind of de- – they define, you know, what the offense – um, you know what what their mentality what their identity is going to be like I got a I got a, a theory about the lack of juju late in the game they, they wanted to go to more because Mac loves obviously loves Hunter Henry and if there's a number one mm-hmm. receiver on this offense it's Hunter Henry um, yep. they wanted to do a little more two tight end stuff and give Mac yep. a little more time in the pocket with the idea of okay look Let's cut back on our wide receivers. Let's get maybe two and maybe a third tight end out there with a guy like Farrell Brown to give Mac a little bit more protection and work with a guy who he's a little bit more comfortable with in mm-hmm. Hunter Henry as opposed to someone like Juju. Yeah, I mean, that also goes into it too, right? It's like, you know, we can we can be in 12 personnel. We can be in all these different persons. We don't have to have three wide receivers to spread the, you know, to spread the field. We can go. We did that plenty of times. And we went into, into certain games being knowing that, Hey, we don't we don't need their dime package on the field. You know, we're very comfortable having two tight ends and two receivers out there, and let's just spread the field out. You know, we're comfortable with our backs catching the football. You know, like, and we want to keep them in that defense. You know, then that's what they're going to do. So, you know, that could have been just from a play calling perspective. You know, they just wanted to keep guys off the fields and maybe, like you said, you know, provide a little bit extra protection for Mac. Um, you know, late in the game, you want to give them some time to really make the right reads and get the ball down the field. So, you know, that could totally go into it. So I think, you know, the lack of Juju not being in the game, that could have just been from a play calling perspective. And, you know, you could see next week, you never, you know, he might play 90% of the snaps, you mm-hmm. know, depending on what they want from a deep, you know, to see in the defense. Well, if that offensive line puts together the same kind of performance against the Dolphins that they did against the Eagles, I, you know, it's maybe not such a bad idea, you know, sticking with that yeah. formula as, 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 as merciless as some of my colleagues were toward the offensive line over the course of the summer, myself included at times, <laughs> they certainly stepped up and they played well. All right. So let's spin it forward here a little bit. Give me your initial thoughts about the Dolphins next opponent coming in Sunday at one to Gillette Stadium. Stop Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I mean, if that's not plastered across the defenses, you know, their, you know, their meeting rooms, right? I mean, he, him and Tua, I mean, hats off to him. I mean, they played a phenomenal game at home first week of the season. Um, but, Ty, I mean, he's he's the game changer. You know, he's the guy that makes the plays down the field. He's the guy that they look to and got to have situations. Then they're going to try to get him the football. So, and I think – what I used to love about Bill is that we used to go into, you know, these games where, you know, it doesn't matter what team we're playing for, but 
you know, he is, they are going to come up with the best plan to take away their best receiver, their best tight end, their best running back, and they, you know, whoever it was, we're going to take him away and we're going to make someone else beat us. You know, if it's, if it's not Tyreek Hill, it's the other receivers. We're going to make two or throw the ball to other people. Um, so I would say that you could, you could look, you know, next weekend for, for that sort of thing, I, you know, corner press, safety over the top, you know, always trying to give help, you know, maybe Christian follows Tyreek Hill or, or Jonathan Jones, because Jonathan Jones got a lot of speed, you know, but I think there's going to be a lot of over the top help. Um, I think they're really going to key on him and they're going to try to make Tua beat them with other players on the field and his feet, you know, and try to force him to kind of go to some other guys throughout the game. As a wide receiver, and look, setting aside the obvious physical talent, what makes Tyreek Hill so special? I mean, we know the speed, but what are some things that stand out for you from a technique standpoint, from a, you know, what whatever it is about him that makes him so good? You know, uh, I think when he first got in the league, he's just, he's developed as a wide receiver. I think when he first got in the league, um, you know, with Kansas City, he was just a fast guy. Right. And he he relied so much on that speed. And, it, you know, he's got, you know, he is one of the fastest guys in the league and he could just run by people. Um, and I think he relied heavily on that. What I've seen from him lately is that he's trying to become a pretty complete receiver, you know, trying to work on his releases, do different things down the field. He's not just getting jet sweeps and. Um, you know, drags across the middle. He's making plays down the field, running different, you know, his route tree has expanded. So I think he's, you know, he's becoming a better receiver and not even being a big guy, a bigger guy, but he's still making those big plays down the field and coming up with those, you know, 50-50 balls, you know, getting balls in the red zone. Um, you know, so he's, it's a good challenge. Right? It's, you know, for week two of the regular season, he's going to be a good challenge for, for the Patriots defense to try to go out and, you know, really try to limit the amount of touches that he gets in that football game. If New England plays as well this coming Sunday as they did last against the Eagles, I think they're going to win this game. And I think this game, at least for me right now, represents their best shot out of the first four games represents their best shot at a win going on the road to play Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And we'll see Aaron Rodgers and the Jets tonight. We'll see, you know, what they're made of, but also yeah, going down to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It is. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to be a lot of fun. So it, yeah. I think, I think this has a potential to be a really compelling game. Like you said, divisional matchup, Bill yep. always harps on that big at this time of year. You want to get a leg up on those guys in your division. It's going to be a really important game. And I think it's going to be a fun game too, as it always seems to be against the Dolphins. Always. It's always a fun game against Dolphins. It's always a fun game going down there. You know, Miami, New England coming into Miami has, has always been, you know, their Super Bowl, but they got a good football team, right? New England has a good football team. You know, I think, again, still as it is throughout the course of the season, but really so in, that, in the first, you know, the first quarter of the season, minimize the mistakes. You know, don't win the turnover battle. Go in there, you know, forget about last week. You know, move the ball down the field like you did. Defense play well. Take away their key guys. You know, and and see where the you know see where the chips fall at the, in the fourth quarter. Chris, this has been great. Great information as always. Look forward to catching up with you again next week. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.